You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Friday and welcome to hopefully one of your top three or four favorite podcasts on the Seminole beat of which there are so many. So I will take top three or four. I'm your host, Max. And with me, as always, I've got Dave. Unfortunately, Drake couldn't be here tonight. He's uh, he's out celebrating passing the bar exam. <laughs> what? Like it's hard? That's right. That was a legally blonde quote. Dave, buddy, you're shirtless, but uh, I don't mind it too much. How you doing, friend? I tell you what, you set me up to be a bronze medalist. We're a top three. I like bronze medals. Top three, man. Here's the thing, folks. I, one time I had a fraternity brother tell me I was like third best in everything. It's like, you're not really the best in anything, but you're far from the worst. You're like the third best at most things. I was like, I can live with that. Pretty good. Yeah. If you get third best in all the track and field events, you might get a gold medal in the decathlon. You know what I mean? So I'll take, I'll take well-rounded. I'll I like it. it. Yep. Uh, so tonight we have an interesting show for y'all. We'll uh, we'll be bouncing around a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about some you know concrete things, some more abstract things. But as always, it will be a phenomenal ride with a couple of FSU fans, and we're all going to pretend like the season is not four months away. Um, it's close than that. I promise. I can feel it. I can taste it. I saw an interview today with Andrew Parchment. He'll be the number one wide receiver. He's on campus now. The guys are probably doing some optional workouts right now. Just completely optional, right? Right. No requirements, optional workouts. The optional workouts, I'm sure, are going very well. Player-led practices, right? No one's writing anything down. We're doing all the right things. So season will be here before you know it. But before we dive into the gridiron, I want to give a shout out to my fraternity brother, Mr. Big Lou Albazi. Lou Dog, he was just named the head coach of FSU men's lacrosse. Uh, I actually had the privilege of sitting down with him last week to talk FSU lacrosse. We'll be dropping that interview for y'all next week, but he has now officially been promoted to the head coach. So Lou, uh, really happy for you, man. Really stoked. I know you're going to do a great job. I don't want to ruin too much from the interview, but um, he's had a long career of coaching. He actually started coaching lacrosse right after he finished high school uh, and came up to Tallahassee in 2011. He was the Big Ben coach of the year as the head coach of Leon. Uh, he led him to their best record ever in Tallahassee. Then he's been an assistant with FSU, and now he's gonna gonna take the reins as head coach. It is a club, and we talk about this in there, but you know, with title nine and things, it's almost impossible to get another D one sport. So they play in a league of 120 schools, UFs in it. Um, he lists off a bunch of the schools they play, but Michigan, I believe was like the last one to go D one, but they were in this league for a long time. There's a legitimate national tournament. It's, it's incredibly competitive. It's not like a, like a beer league thing, even though it's called club, it's a, it's a legit thing. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked. So Lou, congrats, man. And we can't wait to hear from you from last week next week. It's going to be exciting. David, I'm going to kick it over to you for like a solid two minutes. I'm going to do the thing that a lot of our listeners probably wish I would do more of, but I rarely do and just shut my mouth. Can you go ahead and just just walk us through the basketball news for today? You know far more about it than I do. Yeah, man, the hits just keep coming. Uh, We just lost MJ Walker, who declared that he's going to clear for the draft and that is a massive loss he was 
we talked a lot this season about he was kind of the guy that I think everyone, including himself, expected to take the torch from Trent Forrest leaving. And early on in the season, especially, and, and for a good way into the season, MJ was that guy. And, you know, he didn't end the season the way that we would have liked. And I think that could have helped us go further. But all in all, he was veteran leadership. He was a very capable player. He was a McDonald's All-American coming out of high school. He meant a lot to this team. I think he absolutely wanted to have a leadership role. And, and I'm, you know, that that's the kind of guy you want on your basketball team. And it's not just him. It's, it's how much we're losing going into next season. At this point, people need to be prepared to see mostly new faces. You're not going to recognize a lot of the men's basketball team, but as always, Leonard Hamilton is bringing in high-rated recruits, and though he doesn't love playing freshmen uh, all that much, as you saw with Scotty Barnes, minutes being fairly limited, even with the injury, you know, that's a part of the reason. But you're going to probably see a lot more minutes from freshmen, albeit highly-rated ones, than you're used to seeing, and that'll make for a very interesting season. Well, you know, there was a time, and I believe y'all spoke about this with Austin Beasy when he was on the program, there was a time where Leonard Hamilton didn't like offense that much either. And I think as a coach, he has proven even in his older age, he's extremely adaptable. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what's going to happen or promise another sweet 16, but I, I, okay. I'm going to be the optimist for a second. This may be completely unfounded, but I look at getting one of the top recruiting classes in the nation about to get on campus. We got a, transfer from Houston, which was a final four team, you know, he's, he's supposed to be very, very good at basketball as well. And then I look at now two guys first Rayquad, I understood Balsa and MJ. I don't think either one is going to have the draft stock this year that they would have next year. So I wonder if there's almost um, something going on internally, something positive for the team as a whole, that's kind of telling those two, MJ, a point guard, and Balsa, a big man. Hey, you guys, maybe go make money while you can this year. Um, when we have guys coming in that'll, you know, are slated to fill those two positions. Now, I know Ham would like to have a ton of depth because that's how he likes to play. But if you're MJ Walker and you think that the Houston kid's going to be the starting point guard, do you really want to come back next year as a sixth man? I I don't know. I I don't I don't think MJ would have gotten pushed out. And when it comes to guys like Balsa and MJ, they're so talented that you don't ever want to push them out of your team. And it's, you know, they're, they're good locker room guys too. So I don't know. I don't think that's it. So I don't mean, I don't mean like a coach was pushing them out. I'm saying they probably were like, look, I'm not going to get better film next year than I am this year because I probably will get less minutes. I'm, dude, I don't know. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. The, the, the positive spin on it is that Leonard Hamilton has proven he knows how to get a team to the tournament every year. And yep. I have no reason to believe He's not going to do the exact same, even under very different circumstances with a lot of lack of veteran leadership. I agree, man. And I, I look, I hope that's absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, I've kind of become a Florida State basketball fan. You know, it's weird. I, I was never a basketball fan, but I think, you know, y'all doing your basketball only show this year, which uh, if, if some of y'all listeners didn't listen, we have a um, we have a basketball spinoff called Dunks, Dribbles and Dimes. We will be bringing that back. Um, next year, it'll probably be during the season, 
most likely, you know, it'll be like our Wednesday show. And then, you know, we'll talk football like Monday, Tuesday, recap the week before Thursday, Thursday, we'll get you ready for the next week. And then Fridays um, in the season is a lot of fun. We actually at previously Knowles Anonymous and now Locked On Seminoles, we have a reoccurring series every week called the Know Your Foe series, where what we do is we bring on a journalist or a podcaster or a blogger, whatever they want to call themselves, uh, that covers the other team. We bring them in for our Friday episode. It's it's actually, I mean, I don't know. We tried it once with Notre Dame last year, and then we ended up doing it like five or six times. It's a ton of fun. I learn new stuff about a team every week. It just makes the game a little more enjoyable to watch. Like, I don't know. It's it's a great series. So I'm pumped for basketball, junks, dribbles, and dimes. Know your foe. Um, but the one thing you guys should really be pumped for is that this year, because of some changes in circumstances, we are going to be able to talk sports betting. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of betting myself, uh, but I love the concept of it. Uh, I don't like to put my money on it because I've got a uh, – you know, I've got a, a kid I have to pay for it. I love her to death. And, you know, you know, anyway, love her so much. I'm not complaining, but you know, I have different priorities. That being said, I still every week like to analyze games, pick spreads, like maybe put 10 bucks on it, see how I do just, just for fun. And if y'all like to do that, you should check out betonline.ag before the season starts. So you can go ahead and get your account set up, go ahead and get your 50% welcome bonus with, you know, locked on as your promo code uh, and look at all kinds of lines. They just took it, put out the uh, conference championship lines. And that is always a great, uh, a great thing to have. Cause you know, look, you're going to find some really valuable teams that maybe once news starts coming in, in the fall, they're going to shoot, you know, their odds are going to shoot way down. I guess down means up, you know what I mean? It'll, you won't get as much value because they'll see how good that team could be and vice versa. There's some teams right now that maybe you hold off betting on because you know, they're not going to look that great, you know, and in, in preseason camps and transfers might still happen, all that stuff. So betonline.ag, check it out. Promo code locked on. All right, buddy, let's go ahead and turn the lights down low and play that music, something soft and slow, because it's time to talk about our favorite thing, Lord State football. But I want to talk about it from a alternate perspective, if you will. I think we've spend a lot of time during this elite lies off season. Although with what we're doing in the transfer market, maybe those lies are a little more elite and a little less lies, but you know, we keep talking about what do recruits need to see on the field? What would look good on the field? How many wins do we think we can get? But Mike Norvell is going into his second season. The last Florida state coach that started his second season did not live to see the end of it. Well, he, well, he lived. lived. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's alive and he's like $20 million richer. But yes, nonetheless, he, you know what I mean? He did not get to wear garnet and gold by the month of December. So let's talk about what that side of the coin would look like for Mike Norvell. Not necessarily fired. We won't do that again. There's there's no way that happens. Yeah. Um, but what do you think would make this season in your mind a failure? Not, oh, that was a little disappointing, but give me both. What would be disappointing and what would be, other than obviously like zero wins, what would be an abject, just that season's a failure? I don't think Norvell's the guy. So I'm not going to make excuses. Everybody had to deal with COVID. So just off the bat, I don't think that's a good excuse for anything. What I think is a disappointing season is five and seven. 
I, I think it's a, we, we play a really tough schedule. So I expect to lose some games and that's just reality. I, I know this isn't the happiest thing to talk about, but we're going to lose football games. We play a really tough schedule. I don't think going under 500 is something that anybody is going to be all right with. And that's why that's just disappointing to me. I agree with that. I think, um, you know, we talk about the schedule and it is a tough schedule, but as a fan, it's hard to accept that Florida state would go under 500 three years in a row or any season. Right. I mean, we had the longest bull streak in history and now we're going to go three years without making one that that's tough. But I think realistically, when we look at it, okay. So Notre Dame, Jack state, obviously it's a win, whatever. I won't walk through the whole schedule, but essentially Clemson, Miami, Florida, UNC, Notre Dame, you yeah. gotta you gotta grab one of those, right? Well, you can grab Syracuse, but we did beat North Carolina last year. We were not a good football team. We proved that by only winning two other games, one of those being against an FCS team. Point being, this will be a better team. It's the same coaching staff. I'm pretty confident that they can steal one. So I agree with you that I think seven is a fair expectation. I don't think it's rash, not rational. That's not the right word. I, I frankly, as fans, I don't think we should accept only winning the games where air quotes supposed to win. I think you should, if to see development, you should expect your team to go upset someone because we've already done it. If we could do it in year one, you can't tell me that Clemson, Miami, UNC, Florida, and Notre Dame are all going to beat you. Like, you got to find a way to steal one of those games. Well, the sad, the sad thing is you mentioned, you know, beating the teams you're supposed to beat. I mean, I just want to see that. It's not even like we've been doing that the last several years. We're presupposing we beat all those teams, which like maybe we were several years ago, but I mean, where the hell's that been lately? Let's, um, let's take Jacksonville state out of it. No offense, Moose. We love the Gamecocks, but let's take them out. Let's take UMass out. Yeah. Is there any specific FBS Power 5 team on this schedule that you think a loss to would be just utterly inexcusable? Because unfortunately, we've kind of lost to all of the teams on this schedule in the last two years. But who do you think it would be that if that game ends and we have less points on the scoreboard, you're throwing your hat in your fire and you're like, I, I can't even talk about this team on Monday. I'm sorry, Cam. I can't lose to Wake Forest again, man. I they have like 18 students there. I I can't lose to Wake Forest, which is a school that doesn't put an nth of the resources into football. I don't know what the percentage is, but it ain't even close that than Florida State does. They it, losing to them. Let's not even talk about resources. I mean, Wake Forest again. I I have a little little soft spot for Wake to a degree to a degree, but in the same way you do for your little brother. Like, I don't want to lose any sport to my little brother. Right. So they have like 5,000 students. I mean, they are yeah. the smallest power five school in the country. They, I'm not going to argue. I don't, I'm not gonna say they shouldn't be in the power five, but I agree with you. That's a team where it's like, I mean, if resources How? are King, if cash is what buys wins guys, like if recruiting matters. Team. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, maybe if, James Blackman slides or dives instead of slides. We don't lose to them in the rain, but 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that one. For me, it's Syracuse because my second choice. the embarrassment of that Syracuse game is, I mean, that's still fresh in my mind. I'll never forget that game. That was, you know, I, I could talk about Wake Forest shutting us out in Doak, but admittedly, I was like 13. I was actually at boarding school at the time, so I didn't even go to any games that season. Um, oh, I know. My brother was there. He, my mom was. But I I don't know. I was too young. It, did, it didn't actually affect my life whatsoever. Looking back now, I can say that was embarrassing. I remember every minute of that Syracuse game of like Dungey getting hurt and his backup coming in and still dropping three touchdowns Danny on DeVito? Us. Yeah, yeah, Danny DeVito. Or, Tony no, DeVito, I don't think it's Danny, Tony was. DeVito or something, yeah. but comes in and you're like, oh, good. You, the only good player was their quarterback. The backup's in. Oh, you still can't beat him. Fantastic. <laughs> and then, you know, like, and that was, wasn't that the game where we're down like 28 or 24 or whatever? Cause they didn't mean 33. So whatever we were down, like 30, 27 to zero. And our dudes are having like playing patty cake on the sidelines and just having a blast and no one really cared. It was humiliating. Yeah, I guess, you know, here's my question to you. Take a team like Louisville. Is that mm-hmm. a team in your mind that we're supposed to beat? You know, I, I think Louisville is a toss-up for me. Um, I, I don't know much about their team going in the next year, admittedly, but I think program to program, we're in very similar spots. I think, you know, last year they beat us by a substantial margin, but frankly, I think if we play that game 10 times, we probably split it four and six, five and five. You know, you look at the last couple of years, 2019, uh, that was when they made that bizarre interception, right? At, yeah. To us. And they let Willie march down, you know, march his team down the field. And I think was it D, was it D-Jack that got the interception? Like the one good thing he ever did. I think that's right. Yeah, whatever. So they make a, a bizarre decision to throw a weird out route, throws a pick, gets us the ball back. Uh, the year before, I think, had we beaten them and I, I won't go year by year, but you know, they, they, Lamar Jackson, no, I don't want to talk about humiliated that. us, but the next year we played them pretty tough. If I remember correctly, you know, we go back and forth with Louisville. So over the past six, seven years, we've been in very similar spots, you know, with them. So they're kind of a toss up for me year to year. You know, I think we've talked about it. I think we absolutely have to beat a rival this year. Not, that Norbell's job will be in jeopardy if he doesn't. But the reality is like, you cannot keep perpetuating this narrative that we're the worst team in the state. If, if you lose to Miami and Florida again this year, when neither one is going to, or supposed to be particularly great, that would, that would, that would be a shame. So before we go on, um, I want to remind everybody that if you are hitting the gym today, it's, it's fun Friday, you know, you got to get out there. You got to move, got to sweat a little, you can hit the elliptical. You can hit the weights. You can go to whatever class you go to, but do something and earn your weekend. If you're going to, you know, obviously I would never do this, but Hey, look, if you've got a fun weekend outside, it's summer. They just said, if you're fully vaccinated, the mask can come off, you know, you might be looking to put down two to 15 Mickey ultras this weekend. I don't know what you're doing. So go earn that. And after you earn it at the gym, grab 17 grams of protein, five grams of carbs in the form of a delicious, tasty built bar. Eat that thing real quick. Boom. Weekend earned. You just got extra protein. You just got to work out in. And because there's only five carbs in the built bar, you can drink as many carbs as you want. And that is a scientific fact. So go to builtbar.com, 
Use promo code LOCKED15. And honestly, grab the peanut butter brownie because I'm a huge fan. So just like, trust me, I got the hookup. Grab that one. But whatever flavor you're into, I'm not telling you what to do. BuiltBar.com, LOCKED15. Earn your weekend, folks. And we'll see you on Monday. All right, so Max, take yourself out of the knowing a lot about FSU football mindset. And so just yourself, normal, my normal state of being. Right, normal fans. Just who I am. Right. And <laughs> I fake it till I make it. I don't think I know a lot, but proceed. I appreciate the vote of confidence. Okay, so what I want to know is who in the ACC at this point in 2021, the year of our Lord, mm-hmm. do you still consider a team FSU should be? is expected to be just one of those teams? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good question. Um, Anno Domini. I had to look up what, what AD stood for. I always forget. It's not after dark, folks. Hasn't been dark for 20, 21 years. It's Anno Domini, after Christ. Anyway, uh, I think, I think that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question because I think you're asking something deeper than what you, what you sort of asked. What you're, what you're asking is like, does it how low have your expectations as a fan gotten like how much has my brain chemistry recalibrated to the new existence that has been for the past five or six years you know let's do it live i'm gonna i pulled up the schedule um yeah because like i said i have to use cheat sheets but let me just let me just go down it and i'll just react to the game on if as a fan i think we should win or lose notre dame superior program we should lose Jacksonville State absolutely should win. Uh, Wake Forest. I feel like I'm doing one of those word associations. Maybe why don't you read the schedule to me? Okay. It feels a little weird for me to do it. Can you sure. pull it up and Wake, yeah. Wake, Wake Forest? Yeah, folks, we're we're professionals here. They're gonna be listening. Like, is this a behind the scenes thing? No, oh, no they're no. just they're just bad at their jobs. They really are. <laughs> we don't have Drake here to like rein us in, and I don't have to watch his face as he rolls his eyes. Like, yep. you're gonna make me edit that out. You're gonna make me edit it, aren't you? Uh huh. So when he's not here. I don't care. I don't, you know, you guys get some personality, but all right. Schedule start September 5th. No, that's not true. Start at September 25th and let's, well, we kind of did Louisville, right? And the answer was, we don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's not like, it's not unaccept. I, I don't want to, but as a fan, if I'm not analyzing the game name, name to name, it's not like unacceptable. It just sucks. You, you did Syracuse. I think pretty thoroughly too. As a fan. Yeah. Dude, Dante Culpepper has, has, gone and since retired from the nfl uh the carrier dome ironically still doesn't have, doesn't have air, air conditioning. conditioning i know you'd think they could talk to their that'd be like that'd be like us having never eaten a built bar could you imagine right like yeah it's just uh, anyway proceed unc that's another interesting one mm, that oh yeah as a fan i do not accept a unc loss because even when they were number five in the country we still beat them um it's not that i don't want to lose to them it's that i genuinely believe like yeah as a fan that's not a team we should be in contention with like if they're number five in the country we should be number one it's like i'm accepting that we're not but yeah that's not a team that per for a couple years sure but if 10 years from now we're still neck and neck with unc or they're considered better i'm not going to be doing this podcast and uh, i'll be cheering for whatever school charlotte's going to right Okay, this next one might actually be the most interesting one on the entire list. We've lost a couple of these in the last few years, and that is the bye week. Oh, yeah. No, we had a big <laughs> bye, big bye week loss last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Mike Norbell got COVID. 
Um, that was tough. Yeah. Uh, That Uh, I will say, so there, there've been, let me, let me, let me go into a tangent for a second. There have been two decisions by Mike Norvell that have really made me question him. I, I, I have faith in Norvell. I like Mike, right? I'd wear a button that says that I like Mike. Be like, I don't know, but the, the two, those two decisions, one was, I'm sorry, the full contact with the quarterbacks in practice. Like they're not in peewee. They've been tackled before. You don't need your quarterback to go full contact. And then, you know, Chuba gets hurt. And the second one was when he got COVID, in my opinion, he should have not spoken to the team at all while they were on the field during practice for the week. He, he has an assistant head coach in Chris Thompson who doesn't, like was he the tight ends coach kind of, but he's supposed to be a true assistant head coach deputy. Yeah. That's kind of deputy, right? Like you should have distanced yourself, gotten the kids ready. Hey, you won't have me on Saturday. So you got to get used to not having me now. You know what I mean? So I I question that decision. And I almost wonder if he doesn't coach that game, if we don't do better against Miami or he doesn't coach it, but if he didn't try to run practice virtually and, and do all that, it's like, dude, just be gone for that week. And, Anyway, continue. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about the next one because UMass, the fighting no. Walt Bells are, yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a joke. Do we even need to do Clemson either? No, I mean, at this point, look, if, if in your mind you do not regard Clemson as a far superior football program, the good news is whatever you're smoking probably just got legalized in New York. So you can head up there and check more of that out. But in, in all seriousness, I mean – I'm going to expand the exercise. I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. We'll lose to Clemson, but I do have a lot of hope that that's not going to continue much longer. Right. I, I think we're going to be competitive with them in the next five years, whether it's us coming up, which I believe will happen or them coming down a little, which I, I, there's some cracks there. We don't have to go into it all right now, but I believe there's cracks in that foundation and, uh, I think we're going to level out quicker than it feels like we are. Yeah, just remember there was a time when Texas and USC felt like that was never going anywhere. Right. No one was ever – I mean, how could you have beaten USC? They had Pete Carroll. They had the pick of the litter from the state of California. Texas, same situation yeah. in Texas. They were a powerhouse. Mac Brown was an incredible mind of the game of football. I mean, did you see their running backs in that game? They didn't even need Vince Young, but they still used him. And look how that went, you know, and Reggie Bush. I mean, gosh, coming through SC, like, yeah, it was insane. No one was ever going to be that good. Yeah. Okay. So how's Texas doing? Yeah. Sam Ellinger. So the next three are more interesting, I think, than the the last of them. NC State. My answer is, I hope my answer is not different than yours. Absolutely not. Right. I agree. That's not an acceptable team to lose to. Yep. a, because I, I hate that that team. Uh, the guys we had on the show were cool, but um, I have one friend in D.C. that went there. She's cool, but I hate their fans. They were the just the most – The worst. The worst. They were the yeah. worst fans. Like, it, going to a game there was such an I, – I've never had an unpleasant experience going to a football game. Even in Gainesville, it's fun because we both hate each other. Going to Wake Forest is always a great time. I've been to games in Miami. The fans suck, but it's a fun game. I've been to, I mean, I've been to games all over, but I, it was such an unpleasant experience to go to a game at Carter Finley. I will never do it again. Yep. I totally agree with you. And, I, and yeah, losing to them is unacceptable. Well, this one, next one tests your definition of unacceptable. Miami. 
Uh, that was a good way. That was actually a good preface for that question. Um, yeah, I mean, look, here's the deal with Miami. We've lost four in a row to them now, but only one of those, two of those were definitive, right? We had under under Jimbo's last year, that last throw. I mean, that was a, come on, man. But yep. I, we don't have to relive all, but, you know, Willie could have beaten them. Too bad turnover there. It's gone back and forth. Like the block at the rock was awesome. Like we, oh wait, when was that? That was Jimbo's last year. Block at the rock. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Which one we were in Vegas. It was uh two, not block at the rock. The next year we were in Vegas, which was like 2000. It doesn't matter who cares. The point is no, I, it's unacceptable to lose to them. They're not any good. They're, they're right now doing a little better than we are, but they're not a better program than we are at the moment. Boston College, absolutely yeah. not. Um, right. That's got to be the answer. Yeah, I don't do – I mean, I, I love their running back, the big 230-pound – what was his name? Uh, uh, A.J. Dillon. I mean, he was fun to watch. They had that really good offensive line in front of him. But, no, no, not good. I'm, I don't care. Don't want to lose to Boston College. I'm, I'm not going to ever accept that that's a team we should lose to. And we and, didn't lose to them when they were number two in the country. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just not a team we should lose to. Florida, same thing, man. Uh, yeah, How do you no. define acceptable? It's not an acceptable loss. It just ne- it's never. That's not true. You're right. It is sometimes acceptable to lose to Florida. It's never acceptable to get blown out by Florida. That's the game where no matter how bad one is and the other's good, you you gotta you gotta just as a fan, you have to find a way to close the gap. I as a fan, I'm not reading pregame. I'm not looking at rankings. I don't care. It's the University of Florida. I expect you to perform well. Is that rational? That, folks, is a conversation for a different day. But as a fan, it is never acceptable to hang an L on the scoreboard against that team. Yeah, hard to disagree. Um, I want to give you one more off script. Sure, hit me. And it's it's a team that we both the show isn't the show isn't scripted. <laughs> we we both think we both think very fondly of this team, and probably for no reason that anybody would understand, which is Georgia Tech. Mm. We've lost some games to them. We both think that they're the way they're capitalizing on the whole ATL thing is going to make them probably. A- well, I okay, so let's stop. Hang on, I don't accept losing to them. I think we're a better program, but I want to talk about what you're talking about about that continue yeah so i mean let's move on from the question let's just talk georgia tech for a second because we had this conversation in the group chat and i think it was a good combo that i i, I want to wake some people up to this so yeah, they're doing proceed. some really interesting things there they're in one of the biggest cities in the country they're yep. in a in a city that's pretty well known for sports and entertainment and they have never capitalized on being the atl school the atlanta school nobody yeah, has so so they have something I mean, I think Georgia kind of does, but you're it's right. The they Athens they pride school. themselves. That's a good point. It's where the Atlanta kids go, but right. agreed. I, I think Atlanta is interesting. I, and I got to probably keep this short, but I, I call Atlanta one of the city states. There's a few city states in the country. Atlanta's one, Chicago's one. To me, those are cities. I mean, Chicago for Illinois and Atlanta for Georgia, they hold almost half of the state's population. So there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, a ton of people. There's like 6 million people in Metro Atlanta, 8 million, something like that in the greater metropolitan area. Lots of talent there, but there's also a lot of city pride. Uh, yeah, I agree. If they can capitalize on that, and I think that's, I don't do branding for a living, but I'm around it. 
if you can brand something well, you can make it successful. So I, I'm, I do think they're a threat to start coming back. They will yeah. always have the wall, the fence, if you will, because some things get through of hard academics. It's a technical institute. It's difficult to get into. It's rigorous academically. But yeah, man, this ATL thing, if you can get, you know, famous people from Atlanta to start repping ATL, you get kids excited about not playing for Georgia Tech, but playing for like playing for Atlanta, a pro team playing for the city of Atlanta. That's a powerful recruiting tool. And yeah, that that could work. You know, Georgia Tech also not hurting for rich alumni. So if they can tap into a booster base, I mean, the money's there. You know, if they can show that they're good for the area, they might get the city to kick in. I don't know how exactly that works with the state and all that. But yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Although I will say that if they're state funded, you know, most of that state is run by Bulldogs. So I wonder, you know, there's probably, they probably have some obstacles politically to try to, if they need more funding, but it can be done through boosters. Yeah, I'm worried about that. I mean, they have an opportunity to do that. You know, we've talked about Houston is also I think if Houston gets at a power five conference, uh, they're going to be the next great Texas team. They same thing, city pride representing Houston. They're already going to final fours. They had that, that year where they beat us in a bowl game, came back around and beat Oklahoma in the regular season, somehow blew it down the stretch to Navy, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So I guess let's give the people like a something other than me babbling. My prediction is yes. I think if their coach, does what he's doing correctly and is able to make some, some good moves. I could see them being a very different program in five years. I, I could see them winning the coastal and, and on a, competing for it on a yearly basis. Oh, and yeah, we, always, but... we always talk about how FSU is so far away from a population center as being like a big problem. Well, it'd be really nice to have the opposite problem. Yeah, I think so. And you know, Atlanta, that's kind of what I was going to say with the city States, I think. And I, got distracted by a squirrel and forgot it's a big city, huge Metro area, but you can make kind of a college town out of it. It's not Chicago. I mean, you know, whatever, but Georgia tech's kind of downtown, whatever you guys get what I'm saying. It's they, they have something they haven't tapped into up there in a very long time. And I think if whatever his name is, Jeff, forget his last name, if he taps into it. Yeah. Yeah. They could be a very good football team. That being said, the only football team I'm going to care about is Florida State. And I think if you just become really good again, it doesn't matter what all the other teams are doing. Yep. Georgia Tech can win the Coastal. We've had to beat them in the ACC championship before. Miami can be number three in the nation. We've had to beat a top five Miami team before, and we've done it. We've had to beat a top ranked Florida team. We've done it. We've had to beat the number one ranked team in the national championship. We've have we done it? Or have we always been number one when we've won the, doesn't matter. We've effectively done it. So if we become the best team in the country and go 13 and 0, sure, everyone else can get as good as they want, but you know, we need to, we need to focus on ourselves. This was a fun exercise, but I'm, I'm going to be looking at Mike Norvell. I'm going to be looking at these players. I'm going to be looking for a very long, long, long off season and looking for signs, bringing y'all some elite lies and hopefully next season we do not get Dave's definitions of, of a failure and we shock the world. We win seven, eight games. We get a great recruiting class and boom, this time next year, the lies are all elite and not lies. I can't wait. I hope y'all can't either have a phenomenal weekend out there. Go earn it. Eat a built bar, go to betonline.ag, spice up the sports this weekend, and we will see y'all bright and early Monday morning. I'm Max. That was Dave. Go Knowles. Go Knowles.